0: To the month of November, we've been talking about enacting our gratitude, about not just trying to feel grateful thoughts or think grateful thoughts, but to actually enact our gratitude with some sort of tangible expression. And the image for enacting gratitude that we have lifted from the scriptures is the image of building altars. Let me remind you again, just one last time, what we mean by an altar as we look at the way these show up. Uh, a physical artifact often built out of materials gathered from the place where a blessing occurred that through sacrifice translates that blessing into an act of gratitude to God. It's a physical artifact built out of materials gathered from the place where a blessing occurred, that through sacrifice translates that blessing into an act of gratitude to God. So we've been exploring that. Um, By the way, here we have our own sort of altar, because this is some of the rubble of Studebaker uh, that we have uh, built on the table uh, right here. And I know for many of us, this has been a place uh, a real blessing, uh, a joy to be a, a family here in this part of our city. Um, but we've talked about how altars uh, cannot just have to be for the big mountaintop moments, but they can also be expressions of the goodness and the mundane, the everyday little things that are sustaining you. We've talked about the idea that uh, sometimes an altar calls you to plant your roots, pitch a tent, dig a well, and commit to the place where the blessing occurred. And sometimes an altar liberates you, it frees you, it reminds you that if God was good to you there, God can be good to you anywhere, so keep walking. We've talked about the idea that like, if you are here right now, if you are living and breathing, you are the beneficiary of a cosmic conspiracy of events that have made it possible for you to be here today. Everything from the nuclear fusion in the sun to the meal that you ate, whenever that last meal was. And so we've said, let's build some actual altars. And today, the sermon belongs to the church, Uh, Because we're going to open the floor up, and we have asked if people might want to share about an altar that you built this month. Does anybody want to talk to us about an altar that you've built this month? Anybody? Yeah, right there, Chris.
1: Mine's not original. (laughs) It's uh, very fresh, though. Two weeks ago, I lost my best friend, my puppy dog. And I have the tags just like Jay does, and that was inspirational. This couldn't have come at a better time it uh, has helped me to translate a time of a lot of pain and heartache into a season of gratefulness for the gift
0: yeah. that
1: she was to me in my life. What was her name? Sasha. Yeah,
0: awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Chris. Yeah, thank you, yeah, thanks, Chris. Yeah, what about uh, uh, over here, anyone? Yeah.
2: Hello, I'm Cindy. Hey, Cindy. I'm an 11-year survivor of stage four breast cancer. And um, when I got my diagnosis, I determined that I would um, look for all the blessings. Mm. And it was a really rugged journey. Mm. <laughs> and there were a lot of blessings. But I always kind of felt like my survival was random, mm. um, especially given that I, my children were grown and they didn't need me like the moms of young children who get breast cancer and don't survive. So with this little assignment of looking for the generosity, I decided to not concern myself with the randomness. I just considered it pure gift. Yeah. And so I took my little meager um, pink ribbon collection. I had a couple shirts and a pair of socks and some jewelry. And I built a, an altar, was a small altar. And then I, um, and I'm not a crafty person, so I was actually kind of proud of it. <laughs> took, a, took a picture. <laughs> And then um, I had to dismantle it because the sacrifice for me was um, I wrote a note of encouragement and attached it to each piece. And then I took the collection to the Brian and Pocky Kelly Breast Cancer Center oh, yeah. um, to, you know, just so they could have it. Um, the the additional gift for me that came from this assignment, this this little exercise of building an altar, is that I am a lot less concerned than I used to be about any gift in my life. I'm just reflecting on the generosity, not worrying about how or why, or why someone else and not me, or me and not someone else, and I'm just dwelling in the gratitude, and it's really
0: been wonderful. It's fantastic. Yeah, thank you. <clears throat> does, it, does, anyone, uh, does anyone relate that sometimes when something really good happens, you have a really hard time accepting it? Yeah, that's really beautiful. Thank you so much. Uh, Over here, anyone over here? Yeah, Mara is over here.
3: My name is Mara, and in thinking about the generosity I received, it was South Bend City Church. So we were talking in table the other night about times that we've cried in service, and I'm pretty (laughs) sure I've cried the first year at the brick. But Mm -hmm. representing the shedding of shame, but also the cleansing of a toxic understanding of God's grace and God's mercy. And so um, I'm so appreciative of this culture of compassion. The brunch club really brought me out of um, some, some hard places. And I'd never been to a church that had a parking attendant before. <laughs> and so if you don't know where this is going, I married the parking attendant
2: <laughs>
3: three months ago. Yeah. And Whew. so when I... When I thought about an altar, I created a photo album from that. Yeah. But it's not a, um, a picture, a pretty pictures of, of me in a dress. It's uh, the musicians from this community who um, you know, shared their gifts with us. Uh, We realized later everyone that was a part of this from the people who helped us, um, you know, kind of met with us and my table who was like, oh no, honey, that's normal. When I was like, what (laughs) is this about? Um, And all the people were either, nuclear family or South Bend City Church. And so that's just so representative. And we're so appreciative of you uh, allowing, you know, this community to build. And I know you met with me a few times personally, um, but also just represented in that service. It got to be exactly us. It wasn't a formula. It wasn't, no, you can't do that here. It was sure. Great. Do what you need to do. And in extension, my family, uh, some of whom are Catholic, I'm like, oh my God, what are they gonna think of this service? Mm-hmm. And some of whom are non-religious, so I was like, oh my gosh, what are they gonna think? Everyone felt welcomed and they felt that culture of compassion just being here once. Mm-hmm. So I made this photo album and it is imperfect and that I am letting that happen and it's actually for you, so I'll give it to you after.
0: Oh, Laura, right, thank you so, so much. That's really sweet. Wow, thank you. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, over here.
4: I feel like I've had a rough year where I started off, I lost someone that I truly loved. I was a youth group leader back home in Arizona. I'm a college student here at Notre Dame. Um, and he, he was 16 in the OD'd. And so much of that just felt wrong to me. And I was so angry with God. And I think I experience pain through music, and I'll hear like sounds after I, like loss or sounds when I'm angry or sounds when I'm happy. And so I wrote a lot of angry songs like in that phase of my life. And then my grandma also passed away. And then someone I loved got cancer. And then someone else I loved got cancer. And then someone I almost lost again. And then my dad had a like severe stroke where he lost his ability to walk and talk initially. And the whole year I was just like, God, like where are you? Like I'm so broken. And so, I wrote a ton of angsty songs. (laughs) And then you said, go and build an altar. And I was like, man, I don't know if I'm there yet. I'm still so upset, and I'm so angry, and I'm so gutted. And all of the music that I've (laughs) written in the past year has just been angry, but maybe I I should try something, right? Like, where has God been in this year where I feel like I've just been gutted? And so he put a particular sound in my head that I wrote again on piano. I'm definitely like... (laughs) too shy to ever play it like for most people, but I ended up playing that song over and over again after you asked to build an altar. Mm. And then one of the songs that I wrote before this year happened also came into my mind and I was able to overlap them in a really like, beautiful way mm. that made me see that God's like in the midst of all of it. And as my heart's been breaking this whole year, whether it be through loss or through like my dad's stroke or through just general injustice that we see in the world, when my heart is utterly breaking, it's God's heartbreaking in me. And so I wrote a song like based upon that and how like the heartbreak we have and the loss that we have actually gives us unity with God. In that even though I was so angry the whole year and I cried the whole year and I yelled at God the whole year, he met me there in my tears, and he still called me his daughter, and he still called me his child. And so I was able to write a song based upon that and on the loss that I've had, and how even though this has been like the worst year of my life, like God has carried me. And the reason why I'm so upset is because he's upset. Like this isn't right in the moment, but he's gonna make it right one day.
0: Wow. Thank you so much for joining yeah. yeah. Well, um, as we've been listening to the community and, and hearing some of the stories of altars, uh, there are just a, a couple of stories here and there that we we're like, oh man, there's just something really particular about that one that we really <laughs> hope that you get to hear. And so we thought, let's not hope, let's plan on it. Uh, so we've, uh, for each gathering uh, tonight and Sunday, we. Just uh, made a couple of particular invitations for people uh, to bring their altar and share it. So I'm very excited for the one that you get to hear about today. And uh, I would love it if you would welcome my friend Bree to the stage. Yeah. Yeah, come on up here, Bree. Uh, I'll give you that. Welcome to the sacred rug, Bree. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's see if we got that microphone on. Give that, a, give that one more try for us. Okay. There we go, awesome. Okay, okay Bree, you're holding a book yes yeah what's the book about tell us what it's called first of all
5: it's called the wall
0: the wall and who wrote the book i did you wrote the book that's (laughs) right okay um what what's the image of the wall in the book that you wrote what's that about
5: the wall is about we all put walls up in our lives that we just want to shut people out (laughs) sometimes
0: yeah yeah um tell me a little more about like how you've experienced that
5: um I have a reading and writing disability. If you can believe that cuz I just she wrote, wrote a, a book. book. <laughs> yeah. It took me 3 years to write it. <laughs> my uh, mom helped me that's here in this room right now <laughs> and uh, so did my brother and he's here too. Yeah. And my grandma drew this picture. <laughs> I don't and know she's if she's here that. too.
0: I don't know that you drew that? <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit more about what the book is about, though. So the walls about the walls that we use to keep some other people out, and you have uh, some of that disability that you describe. But uh, tell us a little bit about the story that you tell in the book.
5: Um, that I was basically angry at God. I blame God. Why did you make me this way? I don't understand <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm confused, frustrated. You name it, all the feelings. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but there's more in in that book than just frustration and anger, right? Yes. Yeah, like, what else is in there?
5: Um, It's about, I have angels (laughs) that help me too (laughs) in the world. And they're really human beings (laughs) here on earth.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so in some ways, the book's kind of an altar to the people that God's used Mm Mm-hmm. To help you, is yep. that right? Yeah, that's amazing. Um, Brie, you brought uh, a few copies, right? So if yes, somebody I did. wanted to, like, like catch you after the gathering and leaf through it for a bit and see what your book is about, they could.
5: Yes, they could.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> um, is there anything else from the book that you want to share with us? Is there a, I don't know, a, a story from it or a highlight that is especially special to you? I know I'm putting you on the spot <laughs> with that one. I didn't warn you about that question. I'm sorry.
5: That's okay. <laughs> Um I found out that I'm not angry at God anymore. Huh. And it took me a long time to figure that out it until I pretty much wrote the book. And did, was did writing gone. help?
0: Did writing the book help?
5: Yes. Yeah. And it huh. changed me and and I realized it's not the angels here on earth that it was, it was God all but, along. Um, helping me. Yeah.
0: That's amazing, All right. Yeah, you guys want to say thanks to Bree? <laughs> Bree, thank you so much. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, I'm going to ask Ryan White-Stevens to join us. So everybody welcome Ryan, will you? Yeah. Ryan's one of those, like, when you come to and City Church and you're like, how does this all work? A lot of it's people like Ryan who just keep showing up and, like, serving in so many faithful ways. Uh, Ryan, tell us uh, a little bit about your altar.
1: So, um, I'll start with the experience. 10 or 11 years ago, I um, had a season of incredible anxiety and depression. Um, It was crippling. Um, I would have regular panic attacks. Um, I would lose my breath, uh, just go, (gasps) because I was having horrible, I can't even express how horrible some of the thoughts that I was having uh, were and um, and it so it was just um, by God's grace, somehow I got through it. There wasn't a, a moment when all of a sudden it was gone. Lots of prayers, uh, counsel, a uh, lot of love and support, uh, family and friends, uh, time and medication. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> so, amen to
0: all of it. Amen yeah. to all of it. Yes,
1: yeah. I, I'm not ashamed to say that. Um, And just recently, um, so that was 10 or 11 years ago, uh, just recently I met someone uh, at Ivy Tech, I teach at Ivy Tech, who um, was really clear he was going through some really rough stuff. Um, And I ran into him in the hallway. We had a conversation uh, a a few months ago, and then I saw him recently, he had, he was clear he was really in a bad place. And I gave him my, my card and my phone number and said, please call me anytime. And he called a couple weeks later in a really bad place. Mm. And um, the thing that I pulled from the most in my conversation with him was this experience of 10 or 11 years ago. And God began to show me or not began, I think it's been a gradual process, but he revealed to me even a greater way that that experience is a treasure. Mm. I would never wish it on anyone. I would never want to go through anything like it again. But that incredibly painful anxiety and depression that I felt has become a source of healing for other people. Yeah. I've been able to identify with and understand and say, oh, I know what it, I know what it feels like to be hopeless, yeah. because I was there. I, I had lost, completely, completely lost hope. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh,
0: so you've created something yes. to sort of honor that. Yeah. Right? So
1: um, the other day I, um, I wrote a song about it, about the experience. Yeah. Great so, thing.
0: so will you share some of those words?
1: I can't escape this hell I'm in. I lose my breath from fear and weight of sin. Can't run from myself. I always wanted to run from myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this, this right here is where I'm, I'm struggling. I wanna get away from this. <laughs> and I, you can't, I can't. I can't run from myself. Just darkness I see. I, I couldn't see anything positive in life. Mm-hmm. Nothing positive. Everything, every circumstance I looked at, I saw how it was gonna fall apart how something bad was gonna happen. And the last line of that is, feel God is done, he's had enough of me. I actually believe that, that he was done with me. Um, And then I pause in the song and then I sing a bridge. I cannot answer all the questions, the doubts, the fears, the whys, to explain it all, the pain, the gall, the tears that filled my eyes. But my heart is now more tender Those hurts weren't just for me. My former torture chamber was meant to set others free. Mm -hmm. And um, and the chorus is you never let go, you never let go. Even when my feelings couldn't feel you and my heart could only groan. You never let go, you never let go. You didn't give up when I had no hope. Plans I could not have known. That's beautiful, thank you. Thank you
0: so much, Steve. And now for one more story, Uh, let's bring up Dr. Angela Logan to the stage. You guys, welcome, Angela. So
6: I cheated, (laughs) and I actually started this assignment completely unawares a month before the sermon series started. So. This is a picture of my maternal grandparents, Daniel and Loretha Williams. They married when she was 16 and he was 26 with a three-year-old and a one-year-old. To that, merit, to that union came 10 additional children, only one set of twins, one of whom was my mother. So that's my mom and I, during my blonde period. (laughs) Fun fact. So my mom was the youngest of 12, and she was born and raised on a farm in Hope Hull, Alabama. All together now, come on now, okay? Hope Hull, or as I like to say in other um, spaces, just outside of Montgomery. (laughs) So about um, the first week of October, so my mom passed away seven and a half years ago. One of her sisters passed away first of October, so I went down to Alabama for the funeral. And while we were down there, we went to the farm. My grandfather, my grandparents raised 12 kids on 88 acres in Hope Hull, Alabama. And... Next slide. feel like I'm in class. <laughs> so part of my altar that I brought back and was ready to have the conversation with TSA as to why I had a brick in my suitcase <laughs> <laughs> is that is a brick from the chimney that heated my mother's bedroom. I am standing, I'm pointing to the house that was there. It was a three-bedroom house, and I used the term bedroom loosely because there was my grandparents' room, there was another room, and then there was a third room, and next slide, that's the entirety of the house, and there were 12 kids in that house. And so I wanted to have something to remember Alabama because those are my roots. So literally, 30 days later, I did a presentation at Harvard. (laughs) Because I have been told you can't say Harvard. (laughs) So I did a presentation at Harvard. And as I was um, preparing for my presentation, I said to my father, Daddy do you realize that in 30 days, I've gone from Hope Hall to Harvard? And he said, no, baby girl. In one generation, your family has gone from Hope Hall to Harvard.
1: Mm -hmm. Wow, yeah, so.
6: So, all of the speakers at the conference were given teddy bears. It's
0: a Harvard teddy bear. It's a Harvard
6: teddy bear. So my altar is the brick and the bear from Hope
0: Hall to Harvard. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Thanks again, Angela. I'll trade you. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Uh, thank you for bringing the word today, church. Um, we're going to turn our table, our attention um, to this altar now. Uh, so we've been talking about altars. Early in the scriptures, they tend to be sort of improvised creations, that when somebody in the story bumps into the kindness of God, they look around, and they, and they create an altar out of what happened there, right? But then, of course, if you've been uh, in certain churches, you know that often the place where Eucharist is served from is also called uh, an altar or the table. And I just want to sort of um, draw this together before we come to the table to think about what we've been working through this month and, and how that applies here. Um, certainly, um, this is a place where we come to say thank you to God uh, for all the good gifts, and especially for the gift of Jesus, of the gift of God giving God's self to the world, of God laying God's own life down uh, on our behalf and for us. Um, That's central to what this has always meant to the church. But I, I wanna observe that I think there's a second thing going on with this altar. And the way that I wanna point it out is to go back to that definition that we've been working with. Because I wanna argue this definition is a way of thinking about what the particular altars in our lives mean, right? And we're here talking about the altar of God giving God's life for us, of Jesus dying on our behalf. And the first thing we said about an altar is that it's a physical artifact built out of materials gathered from the place where a blessing occurred. In other words, if you're trying to understand the meaning of an altar, you could ask yourself something about the nature of the materials involved, right? Well, of course, at this altar, we remember a very peculiar um, offering, which is like what we read in, in John, where we read that the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us and then died for us, which is to say that the raw materials that are remembered at this altar our flesh and blood, they're humanity, which suggests that whatever's happening at this altar has something to do with the blessing or the gift of humanity, right? We've also said about an altar uh, that it, through sacrifice, translates that blessing into an act of gratitude to God. Now often when it comes to an altar, it's like we everyday people who bring something to sacrifice, right? sort of the ordinary sort of turn of events, and we're the ones saying thank you, right? But this peculiar altar, it's not us who's bringing a sacrifice, but it's God giving God's own life, which sort of takes the entire idea of an altar, flips it upside down. And I wanna suggest that not only is this altar a place, not only is this meal a place where we are here to say thank you to God for what God has done for us and what God means to us, but that perhaps in this meal, God is also saying in some very strange way, Thank you to humanity for what humanity means to him. That the the nature of this gift was compelled or motivated by the joy that God had in giving God's self for us. Like when the writer of Hebrews says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. There was some kind of joy in God in, in, in doing this, Right? Uh, This is certainly and centrally a place where we come and say thank you to God for what God has done for us. But the gift of God in Christ for the world also suggests that God is, in some unexpected way, rejoicing in us. Celebrating the worthwhileness that he sees in us, that it was worth it to God to give God's self for us, right? Now there's a writer named Diana Butler Bass who's written a book on gratitude that's really fantastic, and she tells a story in it where uh, one day she opened up her mail and there was a thank you card in her mailbox. And the thank you card was somebody who had written her a thank you note for a thank you note that she had sent them. (laughs) They literally wrote a card that said, thank you for the thank you note. And she's like, what do I do with this? Do we just keep this going? Because this could get out of hand, right? Now, she didn't write another thank you note, but the the underlying idea there, I think, is exactly what is going on at this table and in the universe and has always been going on, which is that God creates and then looks upon creation, looks upon humanity and this whole world and delights in it and says, it is good. I I delight in, in humanity and in the world that they occupy. So God creates and says, it is good. And then creation, upon reflecting on the creator, delights and says, you are good. And the creator responds and says, it is good. I love this creation. And the creation, reflecting upon the creator, says, you are good. And you get this sort of like perpetual, never-ending cycle of gratitude and love that has always been going on. And at this meal and with our altars, we get to turn our attention toward it, to say that from the beginning to the end, we're being invited into this never-ending cycle of love, joy, delight, and gratitude. So we come to this, this meal, this particular altar, as a chance to say, God, we thank you for the gift that you have given us. But we also discover in some strange way at this table that God is also delighting in us. God finds us um, so beloved in his gaze that he would gladly and joyfully give. And so uh, whether it's the altars that you've made this month or the central altar that we come to at the table of Jesus, I, like, I hope you feel yourself getting caught up somehow in this perpetual motion of love and gratitude that has always been happening and will always be happening and we simply have the choice to opt in. So uh, what's going to happen now is that the team are going to lead us through a bit of a prayer on the way to this table Uh, and then when we're done with that prayer I'll serve those who will serve you. Uh, and then as you'd like, you're welcome to get up and join us for communion. Now, um, maybe you're wondering if you're supposed to participate or if it's right or wrong for you to. The only thing we would say as a church is anybody who wants to be at the table with Jesus is welcome at the table with Jesus. So we would just be absolutely thrilled to welcome you here. And then when that happens, you'll get up out of your seat and you go to one of the tables in the corners. And when you get there, you can simply hold out your hand. And when you hold out your hand, somebody will put a piece of gluten-free, dairy-free, nut-free bread in your hand and remind you the body of Christ broken for you. And then they'll hold out a cup, and they'll remind you the blood of Christ shed for you. And you you can take the bread that you have in hand, and dip it in the cup, and then take and eat, and that'll be our Eucharistic practice today. Uh, Before we get to that moment, uh, the team will lead us in these prayers.
7: The Lord is here.
0: God's Spirit spirit is is with us. us.
7: Let us lift up our hearts.
0: We lift them to the Lord.
7: Let us give thanks to the Lord our God.
0: It is right to give thanks and praise.
7: It is always right to give you thanks, God our Creator, loving and faithful, holy and strong. You made us and the whole universe and filled your world with life.
0: Loving God, on the night before he died, Jesus shared a meal with his friends. He took the bread and thanked you and he broke it, and he gave it to them saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this to remember me. And after the meal, Jesus took the cup of wine and he thanked you and he gave it to them saying, drink this all of you, this is my blood, the new promise of God's unfailing love. Do this to remember me.
7: Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Pour your Spirit on us, that we may love one another, work for the healing of the earth, and share the good news of Jesus as we wait for his coming in glory. Honor, Honor and praise belong to you, O God, with Jesus your Son and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever.
0: I'll invite those who are going to serve you to join me on the stage. And I'll serve them. And then once I've served them and they've taken their places at their tables, you're welcome to get up out of your seat to come forward to receive. The body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. The body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. the body of Christ broken for you. And the blood of Christ shed for you. The body of Christ broken for you. And the blood of Christ shed for you. The body of Christ broken for you. And the blood of Christ shed for you. The body of Christ broken for you. And the blood of Christ shed for you. Now, friends, as you like, you're welcome to get up out of your seat and go to a table in the corner to receive. We are in this together, right? The good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful. I'm so grateful for a family that gathers uh, to say thank you to God. And I'm so grateful for a family that season hears one another. Uh, before we turn to the week ahead and the Thanksgiving feast that we will hopefully share, uh, we thought we would just stand to our feet and one more time sing this uh, old song as a way of gathering up uh, the good things that we have heard and rejoicing together uh, for what God has done.
1: Praise God from who all blessings bless.
0: May you know the God who has been endlessly good to you. May you have the awareness that when you bump into that generosity, you would build something to say thanks. If you are facing a week ahead that is difficult or full of loss or conflict, may you know that you have a family here that loves you very much. If you're going into a week ahead that will be joyful and uh, meaningful, may you know that we rejoice with you in the good. And may you know the endless conspiracy that has been coming together to give you life and breath. And may we continue to say thank you. May grace and peace be with you.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Love you guys. Have a happy Thanksgiving.